Welcome to the second season of the Mastering the Mind podcast, where we will now be exploring the exciting and fast-growing world of esports. We will be interviewing a variety of professional esports players, coaches, and stakeholders in order to better understand the psychological demands of competing at the elite level and the important role the mind plays in esports performance. Today we welcome professional League of Legends player Mike Fury Wills to the podcast. Mike has represented a variety of teams such as PSV Esports, Team Singularity and most recently Bifrost and is now competing for Nord Esports. Some of Mike's major accomplishments include first in the Dutch League in the 2020 Country Finals, coming third in the NLC 2021 Summer Playoffs and coming second in the NLC 2022 Spring Playoffs. So let's welcome Mike to the podcast. There we go. Should be on my own. The setup. Yeah. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. Not too bad. It's Friday, so yeah, we're happy. The weekend's coming. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, a long weekends? time. Weekends? I don't have that. No, you do. Oh. <laughs> my off day was yesterday, like my oh. free day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you like to spend your off days? Um. Well, what I like to do normally is just like, I don't put an alarm. That's the first step. I just wake yeah. up whenever I want to. And yeah. normally it's around the same time, but it just feels a bit nicer, right? To not have an alarm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I do like also solo coaching on the day off instead of playing myself a lot. Um, just going out a bit, like going to some friends or just taking a walk or going to the gym. Um, but I try to spend most of my off days not playing too much league or thinking about it to just have that one day off and yeah just uh, refresh my mind prefer to play uh, angry birds angry birds on your day off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well this this picture above me become already a, a meme over the years it's uh, already there for like i think 10 years or something but i yeah. i just don't care enough to remove it but yeah. also in interviews uh, it's just become like a meme a bit. <laughs> yeah, part of your character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, yeah, sort of a great place like we like to start podcasts uh, for the listeners to get to know you a bit better. We've already introduced you in the intro, but if you yeah. could give us like an overview from growing up to where you are now, um, <laughs> like how did you get into esports, uh, yeah. like growing up, any inspirations in esports? Who is uh, Mike? <laughs> Well, I'm Mike, 22 years old. I'm from the Netherlands. Um, my, like, how I grew up, I kind of had, like, a easy uh, easy way to it. Um, I'm, like, uh, the only child as well. So I have my parents and I'm the only child then. Um, I mean, just a typical go to school, go to football as a boy. Um, I played a lot of football till I was 12. And then I slowly started playing League. Uh, I started with playing Call of Duty uh, first when I was eight or something. I can remember like my mom was always like not so happy that I played that game, but my, my dad didn't mind it too much. Um, so that was kind of the game. It kind of introduced me to competitive a little bit as well, because I think I was 10 and I already played with like groups, going for Moabs and like playing full squads. Like yeah. try harding really hard. So that yeah. was like a bit of competitive stuff, 
Um, and then after some time, I didn't really like Call of Duty anymore. It didn't feel the same as it was. So then I decided to play League. Uh, season three was the first season I started playing. Uh, I started playing with a friend um, because, I mean, I saw the game for the first time when I was watching a Dutch YouTuber and he was playing uh, the old Aram map. Now it's like uh, the winter map, but back then it was like more jungle, bilge water, like that kind of map. Yeah. So I saw that and I thought, okay, this looks pretty interesting. So I will start playing it. Um, yeah, and then just with the fan playing some league, just from grinding from level one to 30. And then he kind of stopped already after two months or something. And I just kind of kept on going and going. Um, uh, and then like, I think from like 12 till 14, I played it a lot. And then I took quite of a long break. Um, I decided to play more Counter-Strike back then, uh, just to, yeah. I didn't like it back then anymore. I was playing it too much. Yeah. So I decided to just hop on to another game. And um, I mean, I mostly played then CSGO for like six months. And then I just I just had the feeling again, I wanted to play. So after that, I came back and I never quit it. Uh, and then for like the competitive side, how I started with esports. Um, I think I was around 14 that I saw my, like the first world championship. I think season three was the first world championship I saw. And I saw like the LCS of Europe. Uh, and it was already pretty interesting back then. Um, so I kind of got some inspiration for that, but I was nowhere good. I was, I think, cool three or something, my first season. So, but I already enjoyed watching the game. Um, so slowly over the years, I kept on being like better and better. And then for, I think I was, I just turned 16. I had some, I met some Dutch people online that were like Diamond One Master. And from that on, we started playing some LAN tournaments. And from LAN tournaments, it went to competitions. And from competitions, it went to like uh, going outside of the banner logs. So, and now I'm here, 22 years old, playing uh, already for quite a long time. Yeah. Fantastic. And you briefly mentioned, do you still play football or do you have you quit now? No, I quit it when I was, uh, when I said 12. Yeah, 12. I mean, the biggest reason I quit was actually because I got glasses. And every time I needed to play, it was either, okay, you put your glasses on, but it's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Or you need to put it on like uh, on the side. And I couldn't see that well anymore. So it was actually pretty hard. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I just didn't enjoy it anymore. So yeah. I kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. You should have gone Edgar David's style. <laughs> the goggles. Yeah, the goggles. Yeah. The goggles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm super interested, um, obviously, in your sort of esports career. And I wanted to sort of delve more into, like, for example, anyone looking to get into esports um, or want to, um, I suppose, copy what a League of Legends pro is doing. Um Take us through sort of a typical day of uh, sort of what you would do, perhaps on a um, on a competition day and then maybe yeah. a day where you're just doing scrims. Yeah. I mean, so like over the years, of course, you build habits and eventually when you maybe get a bit older, for example, when I was 18, I decided to play full time, but I had like no idea what to really do for it. 
So I feel like the first year, I kind of wasted my time with like not really doing a lot and knowing how to do it. Um, so it's like, I mean, step one, if you really want to do it, it's just like find a good routine because a good routine will uh, build habits and with habits, um, it's easier to make progress in my opinion, I feel now over the years. Um, so for like competition days, I wake up a bit later than normal. So I wake up now normally at 10.30. Uh, but if I play at like 7 p.m. or 9 p.m., I prefer to wake up like maybe 30 to one hour later because I need to have my focus later on the day than normal. Um, and then when I wake up, I just uh, take some cold water in my face to just get like instantly woken up. Yeah. And then no, most of the time I take a walk um, and then eat after, and then after eating, I will play some solo queue to warm up. Uh, after that, we have like the draft meeting, so we prepare against the enemy, um, scout what they have. Uh, right now it's new season, so it's still all like early. Um, it's also hard to do like scouting how they play in game because you don't really have like sample sizes. Mm. Um, so that's when we do the draft prep. After that. I just play some more solo queue, and then most of the time, one hour before the match, I play maybe one ARAM with the team or without. It's just some re relaxation and kind of warm up as well. And then around 30 minutes before the match, I just listen to some uh, relaxation music and just talk with my teammates. And yeah. Yeah, I just get in the mindset of uh, playing a competitive match. Mm. Um, and that's been going pretty well for me over the years. I've been kind, kind of doing that uh, always now. And then for like normal days where we have scrims, uh, for my set, I wake up at like 10.30. Uh, for example, today I went to the gym in the morning instead of the e evening to just test uh, if that works better for me because it's also a bit of a new schedule this year that I have uh, and I'm still trying different stuff. But um, so I went to the gym, then I just Take a shower, a cold shower, of course. That's mm -hmm. good. Uh... Oh man, I tried one of them the other day. Like, sort of like, obviously, I've saw loads of benefits of it, and I tried it. My God, it's really. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I start warm. I start that. warm. Like, I don't instantly start cold, but I start warm, and then after two minutes of just doing the the normal stuff, like, uh, <laughs> I just I just put it on cold, and then. I just try to survive. <laughs> That's like kind of it. It's I tried surviving. Like seconds and I literally, I, I don't think I got to 15. Like it, <laughs> it was like, because the one uh, I get to like uh, after the gym, like I'll go to like the spa where I could go in the sauna for 20 minutes yeah. then come out, let my body sort of regulate. And then I like go into the shower and then turn it and it goes like freezing. Yeah, it goes it's really like, fast. The thing is, the difference between that and a cold plunge yeah, it's, it's like water smashing your head. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's I mean, like... I never had like a cold bath, but I really want yeah. to do this as well. But I feel like, yeah, the, there's quite a difference, right? Because it like just comes all over your head and it just comes instantly over your whole body. Yeah. And I feel like a cold shower is worse, but I have no experience yet with like ice bath or that kind of stuff. So, what sort yeah. of Something... benefits have you sort of saw from? Have you seen any from doing uh, like cold showers? Um, I mean, I feel like mentally it just helps a bit. Um, I feel like I can sleep better. Um, I think for like, I think a good reason as well for it is like, I think your focus gets better with it as well. 
because you like if you're co if you're taking a cold shower, you need to focus on your breathing, because if you don't, it will be harder. So if you practice that a lot, I feel like also you will get a lot of benefits from like uh, outside of stuff. Uh, as an example, like better focus in the game that you don't all tap too much. If you have like some time that you like walk back to lane, sometimes people like to all tap and just watch Twitter, and then. Yeah. For like a competitive game, that's not good to do. So I think it helps really a lot with focus for me and just with my mental health. Um, yeah. It feels like you just like you win. It's a small victory, right? That's you, what I was you, gonna say. You overcome it. Yeah, it's sort of that mental toughness. Like the fact if you can get through that, especially if you do it early in the morning. Apparently, it builds that mental toughness yeah. because you know you you've done something really difficult, and the rest of the day sort of seems easy from from then on in. You know. Yeah. Um, I, maybe there's some uh, research behind it. I'm not sure, but uh, but uh, it's definitely a trend on social media. I saw, um, <laughs> so I've tried it myself, but it's gonna take some getting used to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also uh, like the Wim Hof. He kind of invented it, right? And yeah, he's also yeah. Dutch, so I need to follow him. Like, <laughs> I a lot of YouTube videos of him, like uh, these guys yeah. doing like a trek through the snow in just like their shorts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, but I've saw as well, like uh, your transformation. Uh, yeah. Like, prop, props to you. Like Thank in you. terms of the exercise, like what what was sort of the motivation for you? Like why did you sort of go on that journey? Okay. I mean, it's qu quite a funny story, I, I think. Um, so back then, it was beginning of 2020. Um, I joined PSV, the, the football club that yeah. uh, decided to go for an esports team. And uh, back then we had like the media day and after making the photos, uh, when it came online, um, like normally if, if you if you have that jersey right, it's made for footballers. So if you have a bit of overweight, it looks worse than it is like actually. But I saw those pictures and I thought, okay, I've come to the point. I want to make like a change and uh, lose some weight because I was never really fat like when I was younger as well kind of developed of like sitting a lot at home and just eating junk food mostly like order food um, and then slowly like over the years it became worse um so for 2020 yeah i decided to like make a transformation um of like exercises wise i didn't even do that much in my opinion i just went for like walks three months in a row like for a long time and then only for like 20, 30 minutes. And I stopped uh, ordering food and just eat always what was like on the table. Yeah. Um, wow. And a lot of a lot of progress was made by that. Um, besides that, I didn't do like a lot of stuff. I mean, I had, it's like a different story. Um, and 2020 was also like a hard time mentally for me um, because also when I started losing weight, I had like a hard time because you always keep on going eating healthy. When I eat like uh, some unhealthy stuff, I had like the feeling I was going to get sick. So I developed like a bit of an eating disorder, I would say back then, which mm. finally, I mean, now I don't really have issues with it anymore. But back then I didn't really know how to deal with it. So that also made it like um, when I was having more stress than normal, um, you also lose some more weight, right? If you if you have some more stress. So that was also a hard period, but over the, like from 2020 
on like the end of 2020 till now i uh, learned a lot about how to deal with it and that kind of stuff and tricks and tips so it's all going really well now and to be honest i'm happy that i had that period because you like in the moment right you don't like it and you just wanted to end it as, as soon as possible but you learn so much from it and like i have my whole life uh still to go so i like that experience like teach me a lot yeah yeah it's, it's, it's definitely important like growth or after adversity like that is is not it's not easy and yeah. it can definitely help other people in that situation in the future as well if you meet any and uh and mm -hmm. yeah, it's fantastic what i really liked about what you said at the start was that it didn't really take much so you know the walks and just the sorting out the food you know it's yeah it's actually when you see transformations like that you must wonder like if you're an external person like wow this guy must have grinded this guy must have like been super dedicated but it's actually quite accessible to do you know it's quite possible you know it just shows it's possible yeah. so yeah huge props to you for i mean it's a little bit of a bait right because the last picture that or that i uploaded was when i started going to the gym for three months and right now i'm going for like a bit longer than five months, but um, I mean, when I already compared like pictures before, you could already see there was like a big difference, but now there's like a bit more muscle, right? Uh, build up. So yeah. that's maybe the cheat code that I added a bit, but I no. still think you can make a lot of progress with even like losing weight and then you can build up like a more physique body um, yeah. over the over the months and years. There's a big, uh, big FIFA streamer called uh, Pieface, and he did something similar to you, where um, he was just going on really long walks uh, every day, um, and stopped ordering food. And also, like in terms of like the drinks, like fizzy drinks, he he stopped doing that, and he just drinks loads of cups of tea. <laughs> and um, he has lost a serious yeah. amount of weight. What was um the amount of weight that you lost? Um, I lost around twenty kilos um so from 86 to 66 nice. and i would say around now I'm like 68 69 i'm kind of bulking a little bit up yeah. because um yeah i just want to build clean like a good physique yeah <laughs> i mean clean it's, it's mostly clean but it's clean a little, bit, is, little uh, bit better <laughs> yeah, a little a bit of 50 50 yeah mm -hmm. but i wanted to ask um in terms of like your performance um in league <laughs> from back then like 2020 before you went on this journey to, to sort of now yeah. have you seen a correlation between exercise and improving performance or, or or not too much um i mean i think uh back then as well i played right in the benelux scene uh and i'm like dutch as well so if you play against your the own type of kind of players you really want to beat them like more than usual uh, and we had like a roster on paper that should have won, um, like always, and we were always the favorites coming into the finals. But in the finals itself, we always choked. Um, and I kind of realized back then that I put too much pressure on myself and as a team, and I kind of needed one year to learn how to actually deal with it. Um, so I mean, it, it sucked really a lot to lose the finals. I can remember. After the second final, I was like thinking of maybe we like quitting the game because I was so devastated about it and uh, like mentally I was not feeling the best back then. Um, so I was like after that finals, I was like, okay, maybe I want to stop playing. But after some weeks of like thinking again and 
uh, playing the game uh, Soda Queue as well. I still enjoyed it a lot. So um, we still had like a winter split left and there was not really pressure anymore because there was no uh, big tournament like the, the AU Masters back then to to achieve. Um, so I was playing with like without pressure. And from the moment we were playing without pressure, we were so much better. And I myself was also so much better. Um, so for that year, I learned instead when I come into the game, instead of like thinking about, okay, I don't want to lose, um, like have the mindset in, okay, I will, um, I want to win and I will like make the plays that I think are the best and not overthink, okay, I see I play, but what if it goes wrong? And I had that quite a lot because I was scared for people's reaction. Um, but I'm happy now that I don't really have that problems anymore. And if I see a play I can go to, I will go for it. And if it backfires, yeah, then then it does. But I at least tried it. And that's the most important thing um, I learned from that. Um, okay. So I learned like a lot mentally wise over the last two, three years. Um, I would say since I started going to the gym, because I felt like I was missing still something, like a balance between uh, my life and League of Legends. I was mostly just only playing and looking at the game and not really doing anything besides League, uh, besides walking then. So I think it was in last year of August where I talked with a friend that already went uh, to the gym for some years and he kind of pushed me to do some personal training because I've had some wrist injuries and shoulder injuries in the past. So I wanted to make sure that I started, like that I go to a personal trainer and start to learn things on the correct way. And I felt like I would learn faster than watching YouTube videos the whole time. So for the last five months, like this last Wednesday, Wednesday was my last personal training and from now on um, I'm just going to go on my own and it's like the baby going alone from yeah, his yeah. Uh... <laughs> the big stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah. so that How also you... uh, also teach me a lot about like mentally and like the the, the mix between your own life and the and the game yeah honestly if before we move off of like this topic, I think uh, a lot of people will be going on a sort of similar journey or maybe need that sort of kickstart. If you were to offer maybe one or two tips to someone to start, what would you sort of say? Um, I mean, it's always the, the basic answer, right? It's just, just go. And like, even if you feel scared or you feel like you don't want to go, but you know it will be good for you if you did it, you should just you should just go like there's not really another option to say or like another another tip if you don't try you don't know like you don't know if you will feel like if you like it or not mm. um and i mean i struggled with that a lot with like going to the gym or that kind of stuff that um i was always maybe a bit too scared to go but if you build it up a lot of times at like some point you will just say to yourself okay um i can keep saying no but you will not get anything from it so i was happy i i didn't do that for this time and then um i would say like a routine of it for example i always went monday wednesday friday uh and 
I felt like because you have a routine, if you miss like one day, um, you will feel like you feel you feel like you miss something. Um, instead of like if you maybe don't really have a schedule, you don't really have that feeling. Okay, I didn't win that day. Okay, it doesn't really feel the same if you missed it uh, than if you had a schedule. So I would always suggest like using um, like strict days and go go on those days. Yeah, I I had a problem with that in terms of like going too hard too quick and like trying to change my whole life at once um and it's not the way like i think taking a no. few simple steps and then adding along the way once you uh master a couple you know yeah um, and another thing i was just gonna quick quickly mention i actually didn't really enjoy going to the gym partially because i didn't really know how to do the exercises and i think having either like a pt if you can afford it if you can access a pt is mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. or just have a friend like you said that you know yeah, have a gym, body, buddy. gym buddy and i think it holds yeah. it, it holds you accountable as well um <laughs> you hold each other accountable so um so yeah i think if i if i had the gym buddy i'd go more to the gym but who knows <laughs> yeah i mean for example for, <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's also for me a bit harder to have like a gym buddy because my schedule is just like completely different than the normal guy that goes to school or have a nine to five job but uh i mean for example next week i'm going with him to my gym um like once in a few months uh we just meet up and then uh we just hang out go to the gym uh that's and just fun. chill and uh, yeah. that's uh, really nice yeah no yeah i have a sort of similar problem where my schedule is so like different every day it's so hard to like find that structure but uh but yeah, no, if you can get Jim Woody on the same routine as you, it's a, it's a recipe for success. But yeah. you mentioned like throughout sort of your career, like you've got a lot of different strategies, what you've sort of put in place. I don't know whether it's from learning or have you ever worked or come across uh, working <laughs> with a sports psychologist or um, a performance coach? I mean, I worked with over the years with some performance coaches. I think actually I met John um, from Watson. I think with uh, he was with me in Singularity in 2021, and I kind of met John from there. But um, I've, I had performance coaches over the last two years. So in Singularity, I had one in Bifrost, and in the organization I'm now with Nord, I have one. And I value performance coaches a lot. Like it's really high on my priority list. If I have like the whole staff. Um, for me, like a performance coach needs to be there. I think it's a requirement um, and I value it a lot, just having someone to talk with and learn a lot from. Um, but the most important thing I felt like you can just say kind of whatever you want to him. Like if it, if you have like some bad times, of course you have your friends, right? That that will support you as well. But it's easy to have someone in the team that exactly knows what's happening Um and then it's like easy to talk about about the problems, right? And if you want to rent, it's easy to talk about that. So I really, I really love performance coaches. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, and then in terms of like just whilst we're on the topic of like that mental side um, of esports, I wanted to ask: um, Are there some key mental qualities you feel that make a, a successful professional role player? Like, are there any qualities that you have that feel make you? sort of different from the rest or uh, just successful in general? And you've had a very good career, obviously. Um, I mean, I would say, right, 
like I don't know like all the top players, but I feel like all the top players uh, top players have like something they do extra with like mental health as well and that kind of stuff because over the years now it started to develop it's like not only playing and that stuff it's also a lot of like balance um for your mental health and i feel like over the years now performance coaches are added more towards teams than it was usually um so i would say i mean it's really important and for myself Mm, I mean, of course, like it has some impact, right? Um, the cold showers, breathing exercises, meditation. Um, it's going for a walk. Um, doing a visualization before the game, like kind of put yourself into the game, and for example, think about you, solicking the enemy or doing an outplay, like kind of get your hype up. Um, all these small things uh, will for sure add up, like having you the the 10% extra than if you don't do that, in my opinion. Fantastic. One question I did want to ask you was, um, it's the off-season period. So I've heard it can be quite a stressful period for players. Um, <laughs> and for coaches as well, we had a couple of coaches on here that talked about their experience you know, in the off-season. And I just want you to sort of take us through that. Like, what is it like? Like, what what is the reality of the off-season and potentially finding a new team? And how do you even go about that as a player? Um, That's a, a good question. Um, I feel like off-season is, like, by far the most stressful period of, like, of the year for any player or coach. Like, of course, you will have stress when you play important matches, but... Um, if you always need to find like a new team at the end of the year for the next year, it's like a roller coaster, especially in esports because everything goes so fast. Like in one hour, something can change, or like the next day where you were maybe going is like cancelled or um, like that kind of stuff. And I mean, especially my last off season, so last year was really stressful, um, where I had the period with my like left bifrost and. I don't know if you like saw you guys, but the organization kind of scammed the players, me and the and the staff at the end of the at the end of the split. So the last three months we didn't get paid out, um, which was really weird because the first seven months there were no issues and that kind of stuff. So I was like thinking, okay, it will arrive eventually. Um, but yeah, they promised like fake sponsors and that. Like I can also talk about it now, so don't have to worry about it. Like it's also other players talked about it and made tweets about it. So that was like already really stressful um for the first one. And then for the second thing is like of course I need to find a new team. Um where I had some options. I mean I wasn't like good enough or they had like different options they preferred more. Um and then I finally found uh, the players and or like we found an organization that we wanted to join uh, with the with the team I'm uh, at right now. Uh, but back then, when we had like the whole off season stuff, this new team that I'm playing in now was not even existed. It's like started existing the first of December, so it's only a two months project right now. Mm. Um, yeah, we were gonna join an organization NLC, but NLC kind of went from really good really good year really good results um to at the end like eight teams leaving the 
leaving the how do you say it, the region yeah. and like one of the teams was that we were gonna join also decided to leave so it was really uncertain if that lineup was gonna happen so kind of like really late in the off season i was forced um to make like a new new tweet that i was still searching because it was really uncertain if this project would happen yeah. um so that was another stressful period like it all builds up and then um in the last week of kind of the off season, I tried with some teams. Like it was all kind of low level because everything was already like filled up on the on the higher leagues, and um, I kind of sticked with going to that team, even if I didn't like committed one hundred percent because there was no team yet, so I wasn't like fully committed yet. Um, but I can remember like the last or the day that I needed to lock with another team. Like the whole project, like still happened with the organization North I'm in right now, and then like uh, we still find it like a way to find this. Um, how do you say it? With the steam that I had already, like three weeks before we were gonna join a team, um, it still ended up like all in a good spot. But it was really stressful period for me. I think it was from the last four years of like my full time. Uh, playing the game, the most stressful period I have ever had, and um, I mean, I dealt decently with it. I mean, I have some periods like if I have stress, I eat a bit less. I mean, you sleep a bit less because, um, of course, you want to find like a new job, right, for next year. And it was really uncertain if I would find something I was happy with. So it was like um, a pretty hard time. But also, like since I started going to the gym and thinking still some walks and that stuff like that really helped me because I felt like if I didn't do that on the side it would yeah. had a lot of more effect on me but uh, in the end it will yeah in the end they always say it will end up well and uh, it did happily I just I just find it crazy as a player you sort of have to represent yourself like manage be your manager essentially and keep playing keep you know uh, keep that good level so it's it's not easy to balance everything like that it's very yeah, luckily i have an uh, agent though on the oh, side yeah, yeah i have someone yeah. that like looks for teams as well but yeah. of course like um it's not if you have him like i don't do anything anymore it's like i still discuss with him stuff and that kind yeah. of stuff so but it, wow. i mean it helps me a lot with like um the extra stuff right with contracts and if i need to have need to move out and like all those stuff will get uh arranged okay and in terms of like you mentioned like trying out and i imagine like trying out for a team in those sort of stressful <clears throat> periods uh do you feel pressure or um are you confident in your ability to sort of just get on a team like talk talk us through sort of the tryouts the thoughts that are going through your head and uh yeah um i mean of course like everyone that do, do the trials right for the higher teams always have like a bit of nerves right i think it's also good to have because um, if I have nerves, I will be more focused on it. But since I kind of learned with the mentality of like, okay, I can like stress about it. And what if I do bad plays and that kind of stuff? It's it's going to affect me like badly in the game. So even if I'm having like trials for good teams, I just like just go, go with the flow kind of. And just like if I see an opportunity that I think is well, uh, I will go for it. And then... If it backfires, yeah, then it backfires. But that's kind of just how it works. But I feel like a lot of times, if you have that mindset, 
people will also hear it in your communication, right? When your voice, that you sound really comfortable with like uh, making that kind of decision and that helps uh, a lot with like the scouting for the coaches and players. Yeah. Talk us through sort of what they would put you through uh, in terms of the trial. Like what are some things they make <laughs> you do uh, to, to try out? Um, I mean, it's, it's quite basic. Um, you just join the Discord server 30 minutes before. You just have a, have a talk with like the players that are there. I like to socialize, socialize a bit because, I mean, I think it's also a good thing to do instead of uh, being too quiet. Um, it, yeah, it just builds up like a, a, a relationship with the other players as well. So I just try to implement that a bit. And then you just have the five te- or the two teams split up with five people. And then sometimes after two games, you will shift up some players and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you do that for four or five games. And then you do that for maybe multiple blocks, maybe two, three, four. And then kind of the coaches decide if they like you or not, if they think it's a good fit. Um, what people also do is, for example, when you... Also, search for new teams. You le- you have like faults, so teams that you played against in the past. For example, I had like faults when I played against some AMS teams to like hear their communication and how I play to have already like an idea of how I like interact with the team and how I play. So that's became become really important as well f- to build up like a uh, CV for you. So. Um, I mean, besides that, sometimes you have like some interviews before you play or you have like some other stuff, but it mostly comes down to just playing with uh, with the people uh, around you. Yeah. So they'll sort of decide on the day or do they have a bit of a, a period before accepting you or not? <clears throat> um, I mean, I think it depends a bit about the structure, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of times... They don't really decide on the day. It just um, they have like two weeks of tryouts, and then they just discuss at the end of the of the of the period of okay, who do we think will be the best fit with like the five players? Because you can have five good players, but it's still really important if they can fit with each other. Because five good players won't make a good lineup. Um, you need to have like a, like a good balance between it uh, between communicational players and maybe players that are a bit newer um, yeah, to build up like the best possible roster you can have. And that's like all the job of the coaches. So I don't have to do that, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> if you were a coach though, what would be like uh, your ideal roster in terms of like the different characters you mentioned? So you mentioned some new guys, some good communicators. What what would that perfect roster look to you? <clears throat> like look like to you? Hmm good question because I feel like there's never like a perfect roster like it builds up uh, over the months that you are like playing and that kind of stuff yeah. Um, but uh, what I like to have is like a mix right between players that are experienced and kind of the new guys um, so th- that the new guys can learn from the experienced players and a lot of times the new players are like the mid laners the AD carries maybe top laners because Jungle and support are probably the most important roles with like communication wise. So you want like a vocal voice a lot of times on jungle support and mid lane is also really important. But a lot of times people prefer to go for like the 
the younger mid laners or the AD carries because they are like maybe mechanical, a bit more gifted than uh, players are that are a bit more older. But it's also like if you maybe have a rookie jungler, it's like better to have a vocal mid laner. So it all comes down to uh, uh, a good mix. But I like to have like a, a good mix between young and older players. Okay. Um, I had a bit of a, a bit of a basic question, but maybe a fun one. It could be a good clip. Um, what are your two favorite things about LOL, and what are your two uh, things you dislike about LOL? Okay, well, <laughs> maybe it's easy to start with the things I dislike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I would probably say the first thing I dislike from the game. It's probably solo queue. Like, it's of course, it's really important to do right, but I think every pro player doesn't like solo queue that much uh, as he should because it's like there can be a lot of frustration, right? You cannot impact the players around you, you don't have any control, and it can be sometimes really frustrating. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, and you. It's it's your job, so it's like um, or it's like part of the job, so you need to do it. Um, and then probably the second thing. What do I dislike more? <laughs> Maybe some champions like Yumi. It's pretty annoying. Okay. <laughs> I think no one likes the champion. Uh, jungle rule. No one likes jungle. <laughs> OP rule. Um, no, I don't dislike that much from the game itself. Um, okay. Like maybe some champions, yeah. And then from the things that I like, since I play mid lane, I really like that you can play kind of everything on mid lane. Um, I like to be like creative with my own champions. Um, in the past, I always couldn't decide on which role I wanted to main. Like in the first four years, I just played every role and then just swapped and swapped the whole time back. And then eventually when I kind of wanted to be like a bit of a competitive player and kind of just stick with one wall. I decided to go with mid lane because the champions were the most fun. Uh, I had the most fun with the champions back then. Um, so I like to play a lot of different styles on mid if it's like carries or supportive champs or thanky champs like Orn and be the guy in front and like be annoying for the enemy team. It's, I always like to play different kind of styles. And then the second thing for like league wise, it's not really team wise, right? It's just from the game itself. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I like ARAM. I like ARAM a lot. Um, I also think it can be good practice for yourself because um, you can kind of practice like team fights, right? And you can practice a lot of different champions. And that's why I think one of my strengths is that I can play a lot of champions because I played so much ARAM throughout throughout the years um, so for like every champion I already know the basics and I l know that's why I know kind of like the mashups on top or both kind of how they get played um, because I'm like interested in all the other champions as well besides mid lane mm. 
Hi guys, Adri time. So if you're an esports player, an esports coach, or an esports organization who's simply interested in incorporating psychology support within your system, feel free to reach out. You know, at Mastering the Mind, we provide different types of services, whether it's one-to-one -one support, team support, or educational workshops on the mental side of esports. You know, we really seek to support players and coaches develop the necessary psychological skills to not only enhance their esports performance, but enhance their esports participation experience as well. So whether it's coping with tilt or, you know, coping with the pressure of competition, you know, those feelings of stress and anxiety before a big comp, these are all things that we can help you with. The first session is free of charge, so feel free to reach out. And if you want more information, just visit www.mtmconsultancy.org or just send us a message on our various social media accounts at mtm underscore OFF. Right, back to the episode. We had a low manager on um, a couple of podcasts ago, the uh, Fanatic team manager. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about sort of roster, change, roster changes, but meta changes specifically. And when your sort of role becomes not meta and you have to <laughs> sort of take a bit of a backseat um, and not be the main guy in, in terms of like managing the egos. How do you, I mean, you mentioned like you, you play all the different roles. So I imagine <laughs> that's not really a problem for you or is it? No, not really. I don't really have like an ego thing, right? If there's a hyper carry meta right on AD carry, I don't mind being uh, the the support, uh, the support guy and saying, uh, whole time okay i've shield in two seconds play aggro and that kind of stuff yeah. i enjoy it like sometimes because um on mid lane there's so much metas right now or like different metas over the years that you don't really have like one thing you will play or one style you will play for a long time so i just enjoy it and also with like communication wise you learn new things because if i'm playing a carry or if i'm playing a, a tank or support i need to like uh, say different stuff right in team fights and also when I play champions like assassins like Silas Akali also have like different ideas how I want to play the game so I think that's like uh, one of the one of the fun things and I don't really have like an ego thing uh, about champions and that stuff you'd be a good part of the team then um <laughs> but I wanted to ask uh, I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with like league like in depth uh, but I just know from, for example, playing Fortnite, from playing COD, I have some favorite metas that I've experienced over over the years. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what's been your favorite meta um, over the years of LoL? Um, I would probably say the champions that have like a lot of agency on themselves. So champions like um, Silas, Akali, LeBlanc, Irelia. Like champions that can dictate the game on themselves a lot because okay. I just like to have full control my on myself. Yeah. Because sometimes, right, if you're playing control mage, you you don't really have that much like uh stuff to say in game. Like you kinda go with the flow and um like punish the enemies. But if you play like champions like Silas, I can do so much more because I have so much freedom with my champion and I can um because you are also a lot more mobile, um, it's easier to for me. And I like it a lot more to have that kind of methods. Okay. And John, for you, what was your favorite uh, Fortnite meta? <laughs> Fortnite double, meta. Double pump. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. damn, that goes way back. 
The first one that pops to mind was uh like World Cup where there was the balls um like all flying around like Endgame like the uh, yeah. um, oh that was mad. I wouldn't say it's my favorite one, but it's the most memorable one. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you have one? No, yeah, obviously double palm sticks out oh. like that is. Uh... I think I started too late for for double palm. Yeah, yeah, I started late. I started late. Damn, I missed the good days. I missed yeah, the good. Days. Uh, good old yeah, no, Fortnite but, days. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you play much uh, Fortnite when it was sort of? Um, I mean, yeah, I can remember with the friend group, right? I think 2017 it got released. 16. Yeah. I cannot remember exactly the year, but 2017. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 17 as well. But, um, I remember that. I yeah, <laughs> I started I started playing it back then. Um, I started quite early, right? I can remember like the season one and season two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was really bad at building. Uh, like I, I hated building so much. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I kind of didn't really play like that much after a few months. But uh, I mean, it were good times. Uh, on the side, right, with friends, just some uh, relaxation. Yeah. Uh, John, every time we used to play, <laughs> this is so annoying. Like, so like, I'd hop onto Fortnite with John, and then next thing I know, he wants to go in like uh, creative and start like uh, build fighting. I, I was awful <laughs> at building. It's like every time you just yeah. have to do it. And we literally, I'd spend like 30 minutes with John and his mate, and they're just like shitting on me. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, like, let's just go back into a game. <laughs> you were silent the whole time. You were oh, like, because <laughs> so I, I like to be like good at games. Uh, like, I hate being bad. Um, so, yeah, yeah what well, wasn't for me? I'm more of a Call of Duty player. That's that's my game. I mean, I like Call of Duty a lot as well. Yeah. It's Warzone, like... Warzone for me, uh, <clears throat> I grinded that during lockdown. Yeah, lockdown was yeah. a that yeah. Was fun. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I still like multiplayer a bit more than uh, Warzone itself because Same. I think the issue that I have with Warzone is just too slow paced. Yeah. Um, I just like to play the fast paced game modes, and I mean, every year if the Call of Duty comes one week before, I feel hyped and I need to get the game. Like I will always. Oh, the only Call of Duty I didn't buy was the Vanguard one. I I saw that game. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought, okay, th- I don't have any interest in this game, but any other game I have played. Um, oh, what's your favorite COD then? I mean, Modern Warfare 3 is my favorite one. 3, okay, yeah, yeah. Mine's M- uh, Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3. Black yeah. Ops 3. MW3, that was like uh, the MSR, like the sniper, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was such the, a good The sniper. ACR and the MP7. ACR. Oh, MP7 those and so the good. double Akimbo FMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 256 oh ammo if you had scavenger <laughs> it was too op yeah. and specialist of course specialist yeah. was way too oh, fun yeah. um right you had like three classes the specialist the supportive class and then just the normal kill streaks yeah. and i was always with groups with six four people would go specialist the other two would go supportive with like the the vest and the ammo stuff and we would just grind moabs and like just oh. own noobs <laughs> Oh, it was, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was really fun. And also, I can remember like the Modern Warfare Three had uh, Elite. It was like the a bit of the competitive mode where you could go on the website and like make the clan. Yeah. Um, oh. And it was like a really fun time, and like you could you could play some uh, tournaments, and it was like different tournaments. It was maybe like Search and Destroy or Domination. It was like a a really fun time I had back then. 
and it kind of introduced me a bit to competitive as well. Yeah, did you play on a PC or controller, like keyboard or, or controller? Uh, no, I started on PlayStation 3. That was yeah. kind of my first console uh, next to like the D- uh, Nintendo DS. Uh, yeah. I'm still on PS4 and it's uh, and it's making upgrades somehow. Yeah. He's on PS4, imagine. I need, I need, a, sponsor, need a sponsor to come sponsor. out. Sponsor, <laughs> where's the place? Where's the Sony? Sony yeah, sponsors. Yeah. Sony sponsor, where is it? <laughs> Oh no, I mean I kinda regret selling my PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Um I did it in the past. I I kinda have more regrets like selling my Wii, my DS. Oh, like it's not the same to buy them as well. Like if you buy them, it just doesn't feel the same. So yeah. like I have now a Nintendo Switch and even if I don't play on it like yeah. anytime, yeah. I will keep it no matter what. Like yeah. I don't wanna have that feeling again. So yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I um <laughs> I sold all my PS2 games. PS2? For, yeah, PS2 games. I sold all of them. I still have the console, but I sold all of them. I think all so that stupid. stuff's in like my mom's attic, or she sold it at Garboot. Like, I do not know where my stuff is. <laughs> yeah. The error. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's that... your mom. Like uh, like re- removes your Pokemon cards or like I don't know if you also had that, but in the Netherlands you had like the football cards. Uh, oh, yeah, you can yeah, you can yeah, get yeah, from yeah. like the supermarket, yeah, yeah. and I had like a full book, like I had everything, and I cannot find I cannot find it anywhere anymore. So I think it's just like my mom threw it away, but I'm not sure. Like maybe that, not. That, that's but... probably worth like a pretty penny now. Like, yeah, going for peace. like yeah. all the old stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Po- I had Pokemon cards as well, and that's going for like crazy amounts. Who yeah, knows? if you have like the the rare stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But... Maybe you have like some thousands of dollars in your yeah yeah in I your home. That... Yeah, uh, can't find it. Non-existent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, but no, I uh, sort of like coming towards the end of the pod now. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, for any sort of young esports players out there, um, similar to like that exercise question that I asked you mm-hmm. in terms of like the tips like if you got any like one or two maybe small tips you could give to 20 aspiring players looking to reach the highest level um yeah i mean i think a good reason of good things to do is like instead of playing only solo queue because i feel like a lot of players will start with like only solo queue right is to also look at like other players other pro players is probably like a good thing that's kind of how i started as well um back then it was like Frogan and that kind of names uh, I was watching a lot um, but it's also always good to watch pro players and see their POV on how they play and think about the game um, then it's also good to watch your own games to see like what mistakes you made or not um, I would say also just stretching or like doing warm-ups I think is something some players don't have any issues with with like wrist injuries or that kind of stuff but if you sit on a chair and you play for 12 hours a day um, it's really important to do some warm-ups like with your wrist and that kind of stuff and uh, because I didn't do that and uh, it backfired me over the years, I had some issues, then not, and then again. Mm-hmm. And um, since two years now, I kind of have like a routine. If I have like some more pain, I kind of have a routine which exercises work for me. Um, so it's really important to just 
do some warm-ups if you maybe start feeling it. But even if you don't, it's just really nice to do because it can prevent like in the long term. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, just also try to not tilt Q, right? I mean, it's the most obvious thing, but it's the hardest thing probably. Like yeah. if you felt, if you lose a game that you should have won, it's hard to uh, stay calm. But the most important thing, right? If you want to improve and you really want to be a pro, the only thing you can do in solo queue is only look at yourself and the only thing you can control is yourself. Mm. So even if your teammates make 100 mistakes, it will not change like the out the outcome because you cannot change it. So it's really important to not tilt queue and take your breaks. Uh, and then by, besides that, I mean, just stand and stuff. Don't forget to eat. Drink water and it's like uh... yeah, for sure. Nah, to be fair, in terms of that tilting, uh, me and John went to uh, our first sort of LAN event, uh, Dreamhack in uh, John Sherpin in Sweden, uh, in November, and uh, we saw like esports tilting like in person. Oh my god! In the, in the Fortnite. Yeah. Era. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite <laughs> yeah I mean, I feel like I watch like for I like to watch other competitive games, right? Fortnite. I mean, I didn't really watch that a lot, but sometimes I like to watch Call of Duty and yeah. other games. But I feel like in League of Legends, the mental side and the tilting side in a, in a team as well is a lot more developed than Call of Duty and other games. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I think that's also more time invested in, in League of Legends and Counter-Strike over the years than Call of Duty now and that, that kind of game. So mm. it's also not that super weird, but... Okay. I feel like there's a big difference as well. So you think the tilt's less in League of Legends? Uh, I mean, for sure, team-wise, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had Lance as well in the past, right, where I see, like, people playing, I can remember, like, playing Rocket League next to me, and, like, oh. one guy was, like, going, he was, like, going so mental boom, and the other two teammates are, like, sitting there, like, it's so annoying to have, like, that kind of person that goes, like, fully boom, because... Um, I mean, in the moment, if you play, like, you you will not change the outcome of, like, if that stuff, like, your tilting will happen in the game. Yeah. So it's always better, right, to do it after the game. I mean, sometimes you have, like, some frustration in the game. Um, but, like, saying bad stuff or, like, just, uh, like, not for, like, you will not get back to your full focus if you will tilt in-game. Yeah. Now, there's only one game that's ever made me fully tilt, and uh, I had to step away. Is uh, is FIFA? Like, oh um, yeah, <laughs> foot, 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 foot champions uh, brings out a different side in me that that should be kept away. So... <laughs> I mean, every game I I experience tilt, right? Like if I played Call of Duty, of course I would rage, but uh, it means like... a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I think raging is in some kind of way, right? If you if you get tilted, I, it's also a good team, right? a, a good thing in a team, because it shows that you actually care about the game and that you, uh, like, want to get like the best results possible. So it's, in my opinion, tilting is also like it can be good, but try to do it as much as like uh, out of the game, and then. Yeah. It doesn't really really matter because I think it's good if you have the conflicts in a team and the tilting stuff because if you're all nice and people don't tilt, you will not reach your peak form, in my opinion. Yeah. 
I mean, in all sports, there's tilt. Like not not just yeah. sports. It's, it, it's a general. Like it, it means a lot to players, and uh, it does take you to that next level. It shows you care about it. So I do agree. Uh, but it's just finding that balance uh, between. Yeah, the balance is the most important thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, sort of like a sort of final question. We have this like segment that we do and uh, sort of this esports season uh, <clears throat> where we ask the previous guest to ask the future guest a question. They don't know who the future guest was. Uh, so last week we had Connie, who is a COD <laughs> host uh, and an ex coach yep. as well. And he asked, What were your parents' reactions to your career <laughs> in esports? Okay. I mean, this one is actually uh, pretty fun and. A lot of times, parents are like not really happy, right? If their uh, kid goes into esports or like in just in general into a job that is like not known, yeah. uh, because it's not the safe route uh, for the normal life. But my parents, when I mean, when I started playing Lance, my dad was already kind of interested, and um, the first time I went to a tournament, he also watched it, so. He already had like an idea of like okay. he didn't he didn't really had like an idea what's going on in the game, but he had like an idea okay that this can maybe be something um over the years. Um so when I went full time, I already said it like one year before before my school because um when I turned eighteen I had the, the chance to go full time, so I took it and um imp- like my parents were really supportive already. Um, I didn't really have, like, any issues with it. Um, my dad watches, like, all the games. He has, like, his own Twitter. I mean, he even responded to yeah. you guys. Like I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, everyone knows my dad in, like, the Benelux scene. Oh. Um, and it's always, like, they always enjoy it if, if he's watching. Or when I went to Lens, like, he would be there as well. So he would socialize, socialize with the, the players there. Um, yeah. and my mom she doesn't really watch the games that much but um, yeah, she's really supportive as well and just my whole family uh, yeah, they they like what I'm doing and also for my grandpa that is like I don't want to I think he's 83 but I'm not sure but he's oh, somewhere wow. in the 80s but he watches my games as well in the evening and then always when I'm done with playing, he calls my dad and then they are like talking uh, about the game and that kind of stuff. Um, and my dad al- always does on Facebook as well. He makes like, um, how do you say it? Like a, a TLDR with like what happened. Oh, um, yeah. He kind of writes like uh, stuff down on on his Facebook. Yeah. So he's, they are really supportive and I'm really grateful that uh, that they are like this because... Um, when I just started playing this game or like in the past, I had like a lot of discussions about like why I'm like sitting so much and just playing a lot and that kind of stuff. Um, and like playing till late night, having discussions about that. But, uh, in the end it all, I paid up well. So I'm yeah. grateful uh, for my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Robert, but, uh, <laughs> he needs to get off Facebook though. <laughs> it's an old platform. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's like old, so I mean he mostly has no. old friends, right? And oh, yeah. he just uh, he, okay. he he just likes to blog about it. Like he makes yeah, a blog. Yeah. 
it's fantastic. Nah, but it's, uh, it sounds class. Like, it sounds like you've got a really good support system. And uh, like just hearing about like your grandpa as well like that's uh that's class yeah, that like, yeah. yeah i'm game, really, i'm really grateful to have that i'd love to see a stream with uh you two sort of playing together <laughs> well i mean we had these talks before like people asking if my dad played league but uh i mean he never really had the intention to play it but he watched so much league and he also watches like other competitive other regions um he also watches like lec or sometimes uh, the Spanish league because I also had teammates that are like now in the Spanish league and that kind of stuff. Um, so he kind of watches like every league. Yeah. So he has like already a good understanding over the years about how the game is played and that kind of stuff. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll finish with the, uh, yes. with the questions. Uh, <laughs> so we'll probably do this like a bit, a bit quick fire. Um, so his first question. So there's three questions from your dad and then another question from, uh, someone else so he asked her how important have your parents been to you in achieving this career um so you've already answered that extremely yeah. important <laughs> yeah uh second one as a top gamer <laughs> you have to be mentally and physically in shape what should you do for this and what should you leave for it good question by my <laughs> <laughs> i guess you bought it kind of but um... anything to add I mean, I would say like if you just want to get to the top, right? If it's like football or any sports or like in life, you always need to like drop some stuff right for it. If it's like free time, chilling with your fans um, or that kind of stuff. Also doing stuff that you don't want to do. Uh, I think it's really important as well because it's not only about like playing the game and that kind of stuff. It's also like... As a player, it's good to build up a brand. And I feel like some players still don't really think about it, about that kind of stuff that much. They just think about only playing. And I feel like that will backfire in long term. So I think it's like really important to have um, like build up a brand over the years. Um, but I think, cool. I think, yeah, but I just think the most important thing or like that you will lose is like free time, right? Um, you will have less time to chill with your fans and you are like more focused on your goals. So that's probably yeah. the most. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Building that brand is a, uh, is super important. And um, like, for example, in, in traditional sports, uh, you know, a lot of footballers <laughs> are trying that, like obviously the biggest brand, Cristiano Ronaldo, like with the Sue celebration, yeah. uh, a lot of footballers now are trying to sort of build that brand in terms of their own signature sort <laughs> of celebration. So yeah. My boy, uh, Marcus Rashford, shout out. <laughs> he copied Kimmich. He copied Kimmich. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, another question coming in from Robert Wills one again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, is, uh, what is your goal in the future? So, What's your goal for the future? Um, I mean, I can go like for my future in, in the game itself, like League and IRL. I would say for the league, for like my career in League of Legends, I just want to achieve the top right to so LEC. And if you come to LEC, you want to hit like bolts and that kind of stuff. But for me right now, the most important thing is that I just improve as much as I can. And right now, I'm really happy with the team I've gotten that I'm playing into. Um, it's like <clears throat> the best team on paper I've ever had, also with coaching stuff. 
So I'm trying to learn as much as I can over the month uh, and try to uh, implement that for the upcoming teams that I can have. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, future of my of my life is, I mean, it's still uncertain, right? Because I'm focused on my career, but it's just really important that I have like a, a good balance between physical and mentally. I think that's really important. I learned over the years. Um, because if you're not there mentally, it's just in life, it's just really hard um, to achieve goals or just to enjoy your time even. Like, it's like a lot of stuff right now like going on into in this world. Um, if it's like social media, that kind of stuff, sometimes it's just good to like have some free time on your own and just, for example, that's why I like to have walks because I just put on a podcast and your guys podcast of course and then i just i just take a walk for like 30 60 minutes and just not think about anything and it's just so nice for your men- mental health yeah. and that's why i think it's like really good well, it's always important for me to just have like a good balance between that and um if i'm like done with my career i would maybe try coaching i'm not sure yet i'm like now started to do some one-on-one coaching uh, with a player and I'm actually liking it a lot um, on the side. So maybe there's like something in that uh, and otherwise I really like physio like physiotherapy. Okay. Uh, I kind of developed some interest because of my wrist issues in the past and shoulders. So I yeah, I just searched up a lot of stuff on Google and I went to the physio a lot as well over the years. And it kind of uh, uh, made me realize that I think it's also like pretty interesting and can maybe be something for me in the later stage. But that's uh, that's for uh, maybe over five years or or later. Mm. That's why John got into uh, into psychology because of the psychological impact his uh, his injury had on him. So injuries can be uh can be positive in, in a sense yeah. um and the final question coming in from <laughs> the assistant coach from nord esports and i hope i pronounced this correctly uh sinin low is her uh, at uh, uh they asked uh, what was your biggest challenge in esports so far and how did you overcome it and how does this experience help you in your future um I would say, I, mean, I think over the years I had so many different stuff to learn from, but I think the biggest thing I learned from was probably, um, like how to deal with stuff mentally in game and outside of game, and how to deal with my anxiety and stress and like all that kind of stuff, mm. um, and like over the years, uh, I developed like a good understanding on how to deal with it. Like in the beginning, you have no, no idea how to, how to handle it, and you just and you're just trying stuff and stuff, oh. and it kind of took me, four years to, three four years to like find the perfect way for me, and, um, yeah, I mean I don't think I had my, in my career like, a really big challenge. It just like all had small challenges build up to like, uh, big challenge. Yeah, a big a big challenge and. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm happy that I I had all these small challenges because if I didn't have them four years ago, for example, 
and I had them now, I would like uh, lose so much time in my opinion as well because it's like in four years you can learn so much different stuff yeah. uh, about just in general. Mm, okay. Uh, and then finally, um, I didn't get this, and, and normally as I miss this out, what is your question for the next guest? And uh, you don't know who that's going to be. Um, I'm curious about how they deal with stuff mentally, and if they are like on stress levels, on high stress levels, uh, how they deal with that. I'm curious on like how other people uh, go with that. Um, all right, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's sort of the podcast sort of wrapped up. Um, thanks so much for coming on and sharing some time with us. Uh, when we were speaking about COD, it's got me fired up to uh, to get the PlayStation back on it and get because <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, like I appreciate it so much. Um, it was a really good podcast and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank so, you yeah. for your time as well, and uh, I'm happy to uh, to be here. All right. All right. Um, so yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you could please share this with your friends or someone you feel will benefit from it. Most importantly, like, subscribe, comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get on in the future. Also, go follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Links will be in the description of the YouTube video or find us at Master in the Wine Podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.